he did so, conscious of the indefinable dread with which, despite their feline beauty, her eyes always affected him, Jenner Brading listened in silence to the story told by Irene Marlowe, in deference to the reader's possible prejudice against the artless method of an unpractised historian, the author ventures to substitute his own version for hers. 2. A room may be too narrow for three, though one is outside. In a little log house containing a single room sparely and rudely furnished, crouching on the floor against one of the walls was a woman, clasping to her breast a child. Outside, a dense, unbroken forest extended for many miles in every direction. This was at night, and the room was black-dark. No human eye could have discerned the woman and the child. Yet they were observed, narrowly, vigilantly, with never even a momentary slackening of attention. And that is the pivotal fact upon which this narrative turns. Charles Marlowe was of the class, now extinct in this country, of woodman pioneers, men who found their most acceptable surroundings in sylvan solitudes that stretched along the eastern slope of the Mississippi Valley, from the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico. For more than a hundred years these men pushed ever westward, generation after generation, with rifle and axe, reclaiming from nature and her savage children, here and there an isolated acreage for the plough, no sooner reclaimed than surrendered to their less venturesome but more thrifty successors. At last they burst through the edge of the forest into the open country, and vanished as if they had fallen over a cliff. The woodman pioneer is no more, the pioneer of the plains, he whose easy task it was to subdue for occupancy two-thirds of the country in a single generation, is another and inferior creation. With Charles Marlowe in the wilderness, sharing the dangers, hardships, and privations of that strange, unprofitable life, were his wife and child, to whom, in the manner of his class, in which the domestic virtues were a religion, he was passionately attached. The woman was still young enough to be comely, knew enough to the awful isolation of her lot to be cheerful. By withholding the large capacity for happiness, which the simple satisfactions of the forest life could not have filled, heaven had dealt honorably with her. In her light household tasks, her child, her husband, and her few foolish books, she found abundant provision for her needs. One morning in midsummer, Marlowe took down his rifle from the wooden hooks on the wall and signified his intention of getting game. "'We've meat enough,' said the wife. "'Please, don't go out today. "'I dreamed last night. "'Oh, such a dreadful thing. "'I cannot recollect it, but I'm almost sure "'that it will come to pass if you go out.' "'It is painful to confess that Marlowe received this solemn statement "'with less of gravity than was due to the mysterious nature "'of the calamity foreshadowed. "'In truth, he laughed.' Try to remember, he said. Maybe you dreamed that Baby had lost the power of speech. The conjecture was obviously suggested by the fact that Baby, clinging to the fringe of his hunting coat with all her ten fingers, was at that moment uttering her sense of the situation in a series of exultant goo-goos 
inspired by sight of her father's raccoon-skin cap. The woman yielded. Lacking the gift of humor, she could not hold out against his kindly badinage. So with a kiss for the mother and a kiss for the child, he left the house and closed the door upon his happiness forever. At nightfall he had not returned. The woman prepared supper and waited. Then she put baby to bed and sang softly to her until she slept. By this time the fire on the hearth, at which she had cooked supper, had burned out, and the room was lighted by a single candle. This she afterward placed in the open window as a sign and welcome to the hunter, if he should approach from that side. She had thoughtfully closed and barred the door against such wild animals as might prefer it to an open window. Of the habits of beasts of prey, in entering a house uninvited, she was not advised, though with true female prevision.